Good morning, everybody. Hope you are doing swell. Welcome to episode 58 of the Quickie Podcast. Today, my guest is Matt Dawson, graphic designer with a soft spot for branding. He's a partner of a boutique creative agency and the founder of the Crop Creative Conference and Pop-Up Crop. There's also an upcoming cruise, Crop Cruise, right? Clever. I see what they did there. He is a super fun guy to talk to, and we get into some awesome stories of his. He started his career in the publishing world, actually for a lifestyle women's magazine, you know, for socialite women over 40. Being uh, the young hippie looking guy he was might not have been a great fit, but a stepping stone in your career, you got to take those learning opportunities. Matt also tells us about the most fulfilling design of his career so far, some of the adventures he's had along the way, and uh, Space Jam, the movie comes up in this episode. You'll have to listen to hear why, but it does. Oh, also Anchorman. Anchorman's another good one. Tons of fun with this guest. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this one and hear some of Matt's stories. Matt Dawson. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Thanks for being on the Quickie this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm just going to dive right in. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it, man. Awesome. Like a band-aid. <laughs> Rip it off. Briefly tell the so, listeners about yourself. Um, so my name is Matt Dawson. I am a graphic designer by trade. Uh, I, I do a lot of other things related to design as far as art direction, creator direction. It's It's kind of a... I don't know. There's a lot of hats to be worn in design, but traditionally I'm a good old fashioned graphic designer. Um, I've been in the field for uh, a little over 12 years now. Um, I, I run a, a boutique creative agency with a couple of partners. Um, I also run the crop creative conference series, uh, which we put on two creative events a year and, um, dabble in a little bit of freelance here and there and kind of live and breathe creativity. Uh, it, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten old in, you know, 12 years or so. So <laughs> it, it, it's showing no signs of doing so. And I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. And there's always something new and fresh around the corner, right? Always. Yeah. That's cool. Can you tell us a little bit more about the conference that you're a part of? Um, yeah, so uh, back in 2016, um, I started um, a creative conference. Uh, it's traditionally a, a two or three day conference um, we hold each spring. And then in the fall, we hold a smaller footprint conference in a different city. So the fall one travels around. The one in the spring is constant. Um, it's called Crop and Pop-Up Crop. And cool. we just we just celebrated our fourth year um, back in April, and we're gearing up for Pop Up Crop San Diego. 
And then, uh, for some reason, we decided to do a conference on a cruise ship for <laughs> nice. our fifth year anniversary next April. Yeah. So we are we're planning Crop Cruise 2020, which um, it's intense, but I, I think it's going to be really worth it. That is cool. Where is the fall event this year? So the fall event will be in San Diego this November. Um, we've got a really rad lineup of keynote speakers, some hands-on sessions and, um, yeah, the pop-ups are super fun because like they're quick, like you're in and out. Um, but it's, it's just nonstop fun and learning and inspiration. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're, we're excited about that one as well. That's really cool, man. Um, do you watch, have you ever watched the movie Anchorman? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So whenever somebody says San Diego to me, I go, "Oh boy." <laughs> yeah. The one for the first one. <laughs> right. We yeah, we've we've gotten that we haven't officially like announced it, but the people that we have kind of like shared it with and uh the the people that we've reached out to be part of our lineup, we we almost always get an Anchorman reference. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you've been doing this creative thing for over 12 years now, and I want to go back even further than that. And I want to ask you about your childhood. So I'm going to break mm-hmm. out my notepad for the counseling session to start. And I want to know if you feel that you had a creative childhood and what made it that way. Um, you know, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, I feel like it's very typical to, to be on these things as a designer and say, you know, I, yeah, I was that kid that was drawing. Um, I feel like that's everybody's story, but like, it's kind of mine too. I, I really, I really did spend a lot of my childhood, um, creating, you know, uh, I, I love, of course I loved, you know, outdoor stuff and TV and video games, but you know, the, the creative, the cool creative things that you can do as a child or that, you know, like, is is prime prime activities to do during your childhood like building things like building forts or legos or you know drawing comic books were like a huge thing for me whenever i was a kid so you know me and me and my buddies we would we would uh you know take turns like somebody would somebody would sketch then somebody would ink and then somebody would color like you know really trying to pretend like we worked for marvel or something <laughs> That's cool. um so yeah, I, I you know drawing I, oddly enough because I I can't draw worth a damn nowadays really, mm-hmm. um, unless it's with you know the shape tool and, and Illustrator and you know Pathfinder and cutting things out and all this stuff, but um, you know back whenever I was a kid I, I did draw a lot um like like I mentioned we uh I, I was I was that nerdy kid that kind of like split the line between really liking sports and really liking stuff like. X-Men and Spider-Man, you know, so I would, one day I might be drawing like a picture of Shaquille O'Neal and the next, you know, we're, we're doing this collaborative drawing of like Cyclops from the X-Men. So (laughs) I, I I drew a lot as a kid and it, it kind of continued into, you know, more areas of, uh, of creativity, not so much in the in the visual arts, but like it kind of shifted into music as I got into middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, oddly enough, like I, I, I didn't think there was a career in any of that because back, back then our careers as we know them now weren't as prevalent. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, cool. I'm into all this stuff, but I guess I'll be like, I don't know 
an architect or a or a stockbroker or something, you know. So something like, that like sounds more mainstream, right? Uh, and you know, like I'm not not to say like my my dreams or ambitions weren't nurtured, but you know, it just I I didn't know what graphic design was whenever I was you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. Hell, I didn't really know what it was till, till I'd spent four years in college and decided to change majors. So (laughs) (laughs) nice. Yeah. Yeah. A four year lesson. That's what it was. Oh yeah, definitely. Luckily I had a scholarship for those four years. So it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't a complete waste. (laughs) Nice. Were you a, um, when you were talking about your drawing, how you kind of merged the Marvel world sometimes and the next day you're drawing Shaquille O'Neal. Um, you know, I immediately thought of the movie space jam. Remember that <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause that's like that, uh, totally. the merger of the two. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That's, class- yeah. That's I, I've never thought of that, but that's uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to see some space jam pictures up on your Instagram, Matt. Totally. <laughs> I'll try to, <laughs> I'll try to fish, fish them out of a uh, storage boxes or wherever they might be these days. Perfect. Um, I want to go back now and see if the, you had a moment where you first started noticing design like out in the world. Um, what did you start seeing? What, was there a moment you made that connection of, oh, that's design? Well, you know, I mean, we're, we're constantly exposed to it at, at any age and point mm-hmm. in our life. Um, you know, some people, some people just walk by it and it's, it's part of, it's part of their surroundings and environment. And then yeah. some people really, you know, like they're the people in the grocery store, like myself now stopping and taking pictures of, you know, this coffee packaging or spaghetti sauce or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like it's always been around and I, I feel like I always appreciated it growing up, you know, like if Nirvana had a new shirt out or something and I really wanted that particular shirt. I guess I wanted it for the way it looked and the way it was designed, but I don't think I was thinking along those lines yet. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I liked it because it looked cool. I didn't know what it was though, or how to define it that made it look cool to me though. Um, so I, I think it happened to me honestly later, later in college and it wasn't so much any, it wasn't so much any like one particular instance or thing. It, it was just, it, it was like a switch. All of a sudden I just started noticing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know if it was just really serendipitous timing or what, but it happened to be the same year or time frame where I had decided to get out of my previous major and switch my efforts to graphic design. It, yeah. it was almost like a, like an eye-opening thing like oh like this is a thing this is an actual uh, like all these cd covers you know cds if anybody knows what those are anymore (laughs) uh you know and like the booklets and everything like all that stuff just started clicking and being a lot more interesting to look at um i've got a big musical background so I, i feel like music and music related uh design and pieces are largely responsible for how much I care about design now, um, as I feel like they, they're what got me into it. So yeah, totally like a, like a, a switch flipped in your mind that all of a sudden you started noticing things that you otherwise were just living around. Right. And that's interesting. Yeah, like- you said, um, music as well, because so many 
guests and designers, you know, have this part of their life where music was a part of high school, a part of college, and they started mm-hmm. noticing and getting into design through music. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, uh, it, it's not the most original thing in the world, but like, I think there's just something to be said for the, you know, synonymous nature of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it's funny. I, I remember my, my typography professor back in college, um, you know, he, he, he talked about that same phenomenon, you know, like he was asking people in our, in our class, like how many, how many were, you know, involved in music or bands or this and that. And, uh, you know, he, he talked about the correlation between the two. Um, so that, that is, that is funny how it's just inherently there for a lot of creatives. Yep. And the, the punk music era, that sort of like blink 182, some 41 years, like when the, when those guys were big was, was pretty influential for a number of them so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. So now I want to ask you what, do you think has been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something you've seen or been a part of and experienced. Hmm. The most influential design. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to sound really narcissistic, but, but, uh, my, I, I think, I think the most rewarding or, um, Hmm. For lack of a better word, I'll I'll say rewarding, but I think one of the most influential and rewarding designs for me is actually the the crop logo itself. Oh, okay. Um, You know that I I like a lot of the things that I that I've seen that I've done, but like there is something about that, and like maybe maybe it's what the whole thing encompassed, but there is something about that particular mark. Um there's a lot of pressure behind designing it because mm-hmm. I was essentially designing something for a, a ton of other graphic designers and illustrators and typographers to see for sure. You know, like, like you design something for a client and they're like, Oh, this looks great. Like how, how did you do this? Like it, it's magic to them. <laughs> yes. But, but whenever you design something for an audience of your peers, the, like the pressure is kind of on, and, oh, um, imagine. you know, like have, having it, having it work simply as the logo, but like also have some meaning and like a little bit of like Easter egg, uh, nature to it. Um, that, that was a, that was a really defining moment for me. And it, it became like the face of our conference, you know, and I was proud to have designed it myself versus having to like outsource it or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the fact that, that whole endeavor, the, the crop conferences have, have been a a big at times source of stress, but at times like a source of inspiration for me, I've met some of my best friends through producing those events. Mm -hmm. Um, I've watched a lot of people be connected through that. And to think that it all started from like a tiny little mark that I teased on social media, you know, like four or five years ago that like, Hey, like this new thing is coming. Like that's, that's been a, a really rewarding design for me that is cool you know i had a little bit of that nowhere near to the degree that you did but when we were when we were creating the quickie logo uh, the podcast Mm -hmm. logo you know i i kept having these moments of like i i'm not a designer and it looks cool to me 
but is this lame mm-hmm. to like the audience that I'm presenting this to? Is this bad? And, you know, at the end of the day, I th- just kind of had to decide that, you know what, I like it. It feels like it fits to me. So let's go. <laughs> oh, I, I, absolutely, man. It's, it's funny. Like you can, I don't know. It's so easy to get lost in your own head and your own thoughts and um, self-doubt. All, all that stuff that just tries to keep you down uh, and, and you're right sometimes you're just like nope I've got I've got to put it out which yeah. by the way I, I do I do dig it um, oh, I appreciate it right that thanks your, so much as your avatar on this call but uh yeah awesome I appreciate that thanks um I want to go to either a designer or brand that you look up to and closely follow do you have any of those and and what about them do you like Oh man, that's a really tough question because I feel like we're uh we're bombarded by so much. I'm gonna mm-hmm. uh I'm gonna throw open uh my Instagram real quick and kind of see the old uh, IG and see who we got. Right. Right, yeah, no, I feel like that's uh I feel like that's cheating. But um Man, there there are so many there are so many people and designers that that inspire me, and for different reasons too. Um, you know, uh, Lauren Dickens, uh, she's a designer in Austin, Texas, and she's got a really great style, um, great use of great use of color. Um, her her compositions are always really really killer. She's she's one of my favorite like designers, like graphic designers. Um, uh, you know, lettering can be a completely different ball game. My buddy Mark Canesso is a phenomenal letterer. Um, he does just like really wizardly things with type where you're just like, how did you do that? Or like, how did your brain, you know, how did your brain think to, you know, yeah. approach this this way? And um, I mean, I- illustration wise, you know, there's in with me having once been decent at illustrating and seeing all these people that actually like stuck with it or maybe just like really went after it later in their life and are crushing it now. Like that's, that's awesome. Um, my buddy, Amir Ayuni from the forefathers group, he's a, he's an amazing illustrator. He can, uh, he can just pull things out of thin air and make them look incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like there's almost, there's almost too much inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, you you see something and and you save it, you bookmark it, you 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 pin it to your Pinterest board, or um, and then you've you've really got to sift through and go back to it because we're constantly bombarded by just amazing work from people. Definitely, I couldn't agree more than that. You know, it's it's definitely hard to sort of weed through and pick out a few favorites. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Now, the next couple of questions take us back to a part of your career where you maybe made some mistakes, you maybe learned some lessons to help you get to where you are now. And I want to share those lessons with the audience. So, but I promise at the end of it, I'm going to throw down a couple of positive ones and we'll turn this bus around. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, so what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Uh, why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, I, you know, I think the most challenging time was whenever I first started out in design, like I loved being in school. Um, learning was, learning was great. Um, really absorbing the world, uh, that I was getting myself into was fantastic. And, and then I got into the workforce (laughs) and, (laughs) 
just all of that great stuff was like immediately deflated. Um, I, I took a job with, um, I'm very thankful for it because like I, I still wouldn't be who or where I am without those stepping stones. But I remember, you know, at that first job that I took because it was the first, first company that I applied to that offered me something. And it was Mm -hmm. like, you, you've got to have a job, just take it, you know, like, and it was for a, a women's lifestyle magazine for like uh socialite women over like 40 or 50, <laughs> you know, Matt, I see and like I, you'd be a good fit. Yeah. And I was like this long haired hippie looking guy and <laughs> you know, I'm like airbrushing all sorts of, I don't know, building ads and it, it just, it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't what got me into design, which was album covers and you know really rad logos and the the stuff that you know the fun projects that your professors assigned to you to to try to push you it was real life stuff and i was just like man is this it is this is this what it is you know am i gonna am i gonna toil away at this forever um so you know like it it was it was kind of a bummer and i i I got bounced around. That company got bought and absorbed to another company that produced even more magazines. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, I started my career off in the publishing world, and um, it was it was weird because it was during a time where like you weren't encouraged to like job hopping was like a no no. Mm-hmm. You know, For it sure. was it was very it was very frowned upon, and like I don't think it's necessarily celebrated now. But it was just one of those things like, oh, like this is your job and this is who you're going to work for for this, you know, this many years and you're going to do your 401k with them. And yeah, it's definitely uh, more like acceptable to bounce around right now. It's definitely more acceptable. And I think, you know, like my my thing is I was I was afraid, you know, like I I was like, well, this isn't what you do. Um, You know, like you've made a commitment to this, like even though you're miserable, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or not that dire, but you're, you're unhappy, you're unfulfilled. Um, you know, I, I wish I would have taken the, you know, just taken the initiative to take care of myself more Mm -hmm. and, you know, make, make myself happy and make me happy with what I was doing for a career versus, you know, trying to make someone else happy. And that sounds really selfish, but, you know, I, whenever I do any kind of talks or anything now, I, I always tell people, you know, like it's important to find out what you don't like, you Mm -hmm. know, like if, if you go somewhere, you know, like sure you have to make money, so you have to get a job or, you know, if your freelance is just crushing it, maybe you don't, but you know, bounce around. Like it's, it's not a, it's not a bad thing, you know? Um, I know, I know they're, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, you kind of do your time and put your time in, especially right at a school. You got you to gotta learn, you know, the production design world. Maybe you dabble in agency. You, you mess around a little bit in publishing. You kind of take, you know, lessons and value and bits and pieces from each of those directions, right, that help oh, you moving forward. Man, 1,000%, you know. Um, yeah, figuring out figuring out what you don't like helps you figure out what you do like. And the only way you can really do that is experiences. So your experiences in those places will help inform your, your final decision. I mean, it took me, you know, I don't know how many jobs. It wasn't like a whole lot. But, you know, four or five, probably, you know, probably about four different jobs in five or six years to figure out that I wanted to do and focus and excel 
with branding and mm-hmm. identity work, yeah. which is something that I didn't really do at any of them. You know, like what, what I kept finding is that the jobs I had increasingly got better, but I I finally learned, you know, like along the way that like I think I I think I want to get into branding work. I think I want to get into logo work. So I, I started, you know, doing little side projects on nights and weekends and um you know it, it took me a long time to to figure that out so the faster you can figure that out the the less time you will feel like you've wasted and you can really be fulfilled with what you're doing for a living definitely and so that might that's a good segue there where you mentioned that moment where you sort of focused in on um you know branding as sort of one of the core attributes that you really enjoyed um and I'm, I wonder if there's a designer project that you were a part of um, that did not go well or bring the desired result. And what was that like? And how did that feel? Oh, yeah. You know, there's there's been a few. Um, it's kind of kind of like we were we were talking before. the The ideal client is um, the the one that that just gets that big smile on their face and. They they think what you've done is mm-hmm. is some some form of sorcery, uh, <laughs> and they're they're just really enamored by uh, by what you've done. That mm-hmm. that does happen frequently, um, and then there's in between, and then there's kind of like a hand holding type thing. And this yeah. isn't to knock on clients, but you know to to learn to learn some red flags and familiar familiarize yourself with what some of those red flags are. Um, and different people produce different red flags, but you know, I, I had, I had a project a couple of years ago, um, where they were a a self-professed big fan of mine, which Mm -hmm. is, which is flattering and, and really, you know, always nice to hear. And you, you think with, with this feedback that you're getting from them, like, Oh man, that, that's great. They, they love the work. Um, They'd like to potentially work together someday, and you know, finally that that day came. They were they were ready for something, mm-hmm. and I I think I think that since they were themselves a creative, they didn't really know how to let go and let let me do my job, and oh, yeah. perhaps I wasn't assertive enough back then because uh, this is a few years ago now. And I'm, I'm much more assertive now to the point where, you know, sometimes you just have to tell people like we stay in your lane, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. in, in, in a nice way, not, not to be like a, no, like a jerk sure. or anything. Um, but you know, like this is my area of expertise. You excel in your area of expertise and you know, like you're, you're not back there telling the cook how to, how to, um, <laughs> you know, do their job. Yep. Uh, so like it, it was one of those scenarios and it was, the, the client was really cool. They, they make a really, uh, they make really rad products. And I, I, I thought it was going to be this really great thing that I could, you know, celebrate and like, kind of like share in like their excitement. And at the end of the day, like, it was just like, it was downhill from like the first round, Oh man! you know, I, as I, I started getting, I, I started getting, um, you know, comps and sketchbacks and, you know, like, they they had access to illustrators so they were able to go in and be like oh like what if you did this and it was the whole thing was just like a, a constant like kind of like facepalm yeah and um you know there there are a couple losses like that but literally i could count them on 
less than one hand, um, how many like that there've been. So that's, I've just got to treat those as learning lessons and look back on them from an overhead perspective and see what could have been done differently. Or, you know, like I said, recognize those red flags early and be like, well, actually, you know, maybe write something into the contract or Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, be like, well, maybe we're not the best fit in general. Um, but take them, learn from them and just be thankful for the numerous others that like have been really big successes. Definitely. Don't dwell on the the tough one. Just take the lesson from it and focus, keep moving forward. Yeah. On to the next one. So I want to now ask you about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of. Now you had mentioned one earlier about the CropCon logo and how that was, Mm -hmm. you know, really, it's really fulfilling for you. Um, but is there another project that you've been part of that you're also really proud of? Um, yeah, I am. And, and this one, uh, I'm working on some stuff for it this week. Uh, so it's, it's very fresh, but, um, I, for a long time, I had wanted to get into the craft beer world. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the, the design game for that has just exploded in the past few years. Definitely. Uh, to the point where I, I now buy my beer based on what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've wasted a lot of beer by doing so. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got to, I've got to be, uh, it, it doesn't always taste as good as it looks. Um, but you know, uh, I, I got to do a beer identity in the past year for this really great, um, boutique microbrewery up in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I've, I've told this story, uh, before to some people, um, it's kind of the initiative behind something that I that I put out late last year um, called Make Shit Till You Make It. Oh, cool. And it's just, uh, you know, in your downtime, like constantly like exercise your design skills. And like even if you're not making something for a client, if you're just making things and putting them out, like either you're getting better or somebody is seeing that and th- they become a fan or in my case – this brewery hired me, um, all because I had, I had drawn, I don't know if you've seen on any of my social accounts, but I, I like to draw cassettes. I have and, yeah, seen uh, that a few times. Another form of outdated media that some listeners might not know. <laughs> um, but you know, I had drawn this cassette and put it up for like a year in Spotify playlist thing that I, I used to do. Um, and, a guy out on the West Coast, he, I don't know if he found the hashtag or what, but somehow he stumbled a- across it and that led him to my page and that led him to looking at other logos of mine and identity work that I'd done and he reached out to me and wanted to know if I would be interested in um, producing the identity for their new brewery that they were doing. And like that, that just came from such an unexpected place. Um, and they were really great to work with. Uh, they were another, they were another one of those clients where, you know, they just, they were super excited about like even, even the concepts that didn't, that didn't get approved, you know? Um, but like they were just excited about everything. So the fact that it came from a really weird random place in the universe and coupled with, that it was the type of project I'd been wanting to do for a long time. And they're a great client to work with. It was just, um, I don't know. It was like a trifecta. 
Um, that's awesome. So yeah, th- th- that's been super rewarding. Um, getting to do the identity. Um, we're doing the can designs. Um, they just leased a space for the actual brewery. So hopefully we'll be able to do, you know, some interior build outs and, and all that good stuff from. That's a great one. Yeah, you're totally bit. right on the, on the brewery side. They're doing some really cool things. Yeah. Um, you know, previously it was just like wine that was bought by label and by visual. Um, oh, totally. But yeah. the brewery, uh, you know, the cooler, I like to say the cooler at the liquor store has been transformed in the last few years. Oh, it definitely has. Um, I want to ask you about some of the some of the tools and communities that you're involved with or that you use, and um, and ask what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without. Hmm. Um, a design tool. Could a tool be a program? It's whatever you want it to be. Uh, I mean, I, I, I could not live without Adobe Illustrator. That's, that's, that's for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it is just one piece of the puzzle. Uh, my, I'm talking to you on my desktop, but like my, my laptop is kind of my, my bread and butter physical tool mm-hmm. that I, that I use. I, I keep that thing charged up constantly and it's, it's with me on the couch or in the bed or on a road trip or on vacation. Um, so that coupled with Adobe Illustrator are two things that I can't live without. There are a lot of really, really great communities and resource uh, places to be a part of too. You know, I love I love how social media has kind of built more community um, between designers and and other other creative individuals. Um, I love Instagram. Love Dribble. It took me a long time to warm up to Pinterest, but once I figured out how to effectively use it for my own needs, it um, it, it also became a really good resource as well. Awesome. Those are all good ones for sure. Um, yeah, my, I couldn't do this without uh, without my MacBook Pro. follows me everywhere. Yeah, same. Um, so it's not the time of the show now, Matt, where we get the ask it forward question. I have a guest or a question for you from my previous guest. And then after that, you'll have an opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. So my previous guest was Jason Sturgill, and he's based Mm -hmm. in Portland, Oregon, very talented illustrator, designer, and artist. And he wanted to ask something that we kind of circled around a little bit, but um, what is your inspiration outside of art and design? That's a really good question. It's going to be tough to create one that uh, that really lives up to that. <laughs> um, it's yeah, damn, that's really good. Um, you know, I, I feel like as I get older, um, you know, I, I still pretty much live and breathe design, but I I have slowed down a bit, um, and I'm I'm trying to enjoy actual life. A little bit more. Um, So, you know, things that are inspiring to me, like, is being out in nature, which is, sounds kind of hokey or or hippie or (laughs) whatever, but, you know, (laughs) we, we, we'll go, we'll go kayaking a lot or hiking. And what's great about that is, is one, it, it allows me to, it allows me to not be surrounded by traditional, like, visual stimuli. Yep. Um, And the fact that I'm doing, doing an activity allows me to not think about 
the stuff that I need to be doing or maybe beat myself up for, you know, like here, here I am doing this stuff and I could be doing this. Um, so it, it's been really, really inspiring for me um, and motivating to to get away from the computer and go do something in nature that makes me feel better about maybe the the 60 or 70 hours I've I spent that week <laughs> yeah. sitting and and you know uh and just focusing on work and that's that's kind of been you know just enjoying life more doing those things going to concerts um you know getting back into live music has been has been a lot of fun um we're going to a show tonight actually and awesome. super excited about that. I feel like it's kind of like the last day of school thing. Like <laughs> right now I'm just like, all right, well, come on. Fox is it time yet? Is it time? Yeah. yeah. It's almost, almost time to go to the show. Um, so yeah, for, for me, like it, it's, it's been really inspiring to just, to just live life and focus on, you know, taking care of, taking care of myself, uh, as well as taking care of clients and projects. You know, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times we, uh, in hustle, hustle culture. I, yes. I don't love the word hustle, but you know, people almost wear it as a badge of honor and you forget to just slow down and you can't take care of all these other things if you're not taking care of yourself. Oh, that's for sure. Well said, man. So now Matt, you have an opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask him anything. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, this is a, it's kind of a dark question. Um, I, I guess it's not that dark, but, um, what would make you give up being a designer or if, if your next guest is an illustrator or typographer or whatnot, what would make you give that up? Um, whether it be like an experience or a career change or what? Got it. All right, you got you got to let me know when that episode airs because I, I want to I want to hear how somebody responds to that <laughs> weird ass question. Yeah, it'll be a stumper <laughs> for sure. So, Matt, where can people find more about Crop and what you have going on there, and where the events? Uh, what's next with them? Yeah, so um, if you're interested in our West Coast event this November, you can find out more at popupcrop.com. You can find the full lineup. Uh, buy tickets, uh, get involved through that website. And if you're a cruise person or a Bahamas type person and you want to, you want to go on a boat with, uh, all of us and a bunch of your favorite designers, you can check out cropcons.com and join us next April for uh, crop cruise. That's awesome. Are there people that aren't Bahamas people? I don't know, man. I've never been on a cruise. So, <laughs> Neither uh, have I. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to, I hope I like it because I'm going to be on it for, you know, four days. <laughs> <laughs> you just but, end up with massive seasickness. And it's like yeah, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll put some Dramamine in the, in the swag bags, uh, <laughs> sunscreen, all, all, all pertinent stuff for being, uh, for being on islands for a few days. But yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, Matt, that's awesome, man. You made it to the end of the quickie. Cool. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks so much, dude. This was awesome. All right. Thank you so much for listening today, everybody. The details for the pop-up crop event in the fall have just been released. Popupcrop.com. The event is in San Diego. They've got the speaker lists up there. They've got the workshop lists up there. Definitely don't miss that. Go sign up. Go to that event. Thank you, everybody. Have an awesome day. Talk to you tomorrow.